Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. Coming at you with another hella meta episode. This is literally happening this morning, so you're probably hearing me minutes, minutes after I've posted this, which is really exciting because then I get to share like my thought downloads with you guys. So hopefully you liked last week's solo episode where I was doing that. This week I've had more aha moments that I want to share with you guys, obviously human design based before we get into our conversation with Krista Ko of the Dietitian Success Center. Super stoked for you guys to hear this episode. I feel like she is a wealth of knowledge and the resource that she's created for dietitians is at this point unparalleled. So Definitely check that out and I'll have all of that for you at the end. But let's dive in a little bit to just some realizations that I've had. And like, as you guys know, maybe you know, I've been in, I've been exploring the human design world for like the last two years. And even with that, like there's still more that we learn. There's more that we experience. And last week, if you tuned in, you would know that my parents are here. And actually this week, they are currently in Italy enjoying some time with family. So wish I was there, but I think this is a really good learning experience or it has been a really good learning experience for me. So earlier this year, I was at their house twice and experienced like, it's like being back at home, right? Like as a teenager, but like, you know, the rules, you know, the boundaries to follow there. And it's their house, their rules kind of situation. But when parents come to you, it can be different, right? Like it's your house, you're the adult, and they kind of have to follow your rules of your space at that point. So I'm not here to talk about like child-parent dynamics, but energy I think is really important in this situation. My parents are both emotional manifesting generators, meaning that they can have a lot of charge behind them and they want to do things like they have to be responding to something or doing something. So when I just want to chill on the couch, they're probably still like folding laundry or doing something in the kitchen or thank you, mom, reorganizing my everything. (laughs) She just likes to feng shui the things. And like none of this is bad, right? Like their energy isn't bad. It's just different and not what I'm used to. And it's so interesting to see how as an individual, I react to this. So I don't think I've ever shared my chart specifically with you guys, but very high level, I have a lot of open centers, meaning that I can take in energy from the environment and reflect it back into that environment. Um, you know, I guess more intense way. And when I'm feeling that like, oh my God, must do things energy, I reflect it back like tenfold. And that is not great (laughs) for the environment. Um, That's also not where I'm supposed to be all the time as a manifester, right? Like I need that alone time, that space. And it's really interesting to see how much it kind of elevates my like anxiety levels to be around so much intense energy all the time. And as a manifester, unfortunately, it comes out as anger. So I was kind of an asshole this week. And this is just a really good reflection because like, I know that's not me. And I know that's not my, 
Like that's my not self as they call it in the human design space. But it's really hard to come out of it when you're in it, especially if like there's a lack of sleep or a lack of hydration or a lack of alone time. And this is just something helpful for you guys as well, because depending on like who you're around, that can significantly affect not only your mood, but like your energy and like how, what you put back out into the world. And again, none of this is good. None of this is bad. It's just different people influence you differently. And that's just a great reminder that like energy is all around us and it really is important like who we surround ourselves with. And I'm not saying that I don't want to spend time with my parents. I love my parents, but I also need to create boundaries, set boundaries around having my alone space so that I can not be a bitch, (laughs) basically. So I would love to know how this resonates with you guys. Are there certain situations or certain scenarios that you can think up maybe that have happened in the past where you recognize that maybe something around you was affecting you in either a positive way or a negative way and you just didn't really have an answer for it but once you came out of that situation you felt differently I would love to know because this is the energy affecting you right and like the more in tune you can be with that then the more in tune you can be with yourself, your design growth, and like shedding the shit that doesn't work for you and knowing that that's not your energy, right? Like I'm very aware that like the bitchy side of me is not my norm, that the like high strung side of me is not my norm and the go, go, go must do right now side of me is not my norm. And it's really interesting because my dog I don't know her doggy design, and yes, that is a thing, but I don't know her doggy design. But right now, like, she is on, like, my very chill level. Like, as I'm recording this, she is laying on the couch next to me, taking a little nappy poo. And this is how our mornings typically are. They're really mellow and peaceful. Like, this is how I like to start my day. And when it's just me and her, this is also how she likes to start her day. So... I think my dog is a reflector and that means that she responds to the environment that she's around. So when my parents are here, yes, new humans, new exciting people, but she absorbs and like responds to their energy in a way that she just amplifies it, right? So like in the mornings when they're here, she just wants to run and play and squeak all of her toys and just be fun and exciting and like happy go lucky dog. And like, yes, I love that. But also like I dig our really peaceful mornings together and that we can have that time and space together. So it's just really interesting when you are in tune with your energy and especially a dog, right? Like they're not conditioned. She is just her most pure self and she's leaning into what she feels around her. So like when she feels these crazy big energy bursts, she's going to respond in that way. And I think that that's really cool, right? Like if us, if we as humans can remember to kind of let go, shed some of the conditioned layers and lean into what we're feeling and the energy around us, we can learn a lot about ourselves and we can also learn how to unlearn some of the shit that we've been taught. So let me know how this resonates, guys. I don't know what I was planning on talking about today, but I feel like this was pretty important. So yeah. Let me know how that feels. 
All right. Well, let's get into our conversation with Krista. Again, super knowledgeable about dietetics as a whole and understanding what her superpowers are. So more formally, Krista Kolojetsky is a registered dietitian and the founder of the Dietitian Success Center, an online learning platform designed to make it easier for dietitians and dietetic students to build their confidence and expertise in both nutrition and entrepreneurship. She also works one-to-one with dietitians to help them start and grow meaningful, fulfilling businesses. Krista is also an avid baker, reader, and triathlete. Without further ado, let's hop into this chat. Krista, I am super stoked that you're here. I may fangirl a little bit, but what's up? Hi. Oh, hi. Oh my God. I'm pumped to be here too. It's just been like, even just in our pre-chat of like five minutes, we're just having the best time ever. So I'm thrilled that we have pressed record and we are finally meeting via the computer and Zencaster. Yes. I feel like sometimes I should probably like record the intro because that's sometimes where some of the really good gold nuggets are. The ridiculousness. That's so true. That's so true. But I feel like there will be more gold nuggets though. We will make it happen. Yeah. This is California (laughs) during the gold rush right now. There we go. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Excellent. So let's get our listeners up to date on all of the most important things about you. Are you ready? Perfect. I'm absolutely ready. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? So I would say my bucket list travel destination is, I think it's hard to pick one. Uh, (laughs) I would say Australia, probably, actually. I would say Australia just because it's so far and I've never been. I don't know if this is supposed to be just like one word answer. So clearly I gave you 75 words there. So let's just say Australia. Australia because it's far away. I like that. Yes. (laughs) And warm also. And warm. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you're a reality TV fan, but I'm watching Below Deck at the moment, Below Deck Australia. Yes. Which <laughs> is just a reality TV show and they are out in the ocean and it looks really amazing. So that's also why it's become my travel destination bucket list. Action. I love that. There, yeah. oh, we can get deep into reality TV, but that might have to be a totally different podcast. That might have to just be a completely different episode. <laughs> Reality TV chats. Ooh, inspired. Yeah. I'm down. Inspired. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite food of all time? I have two favorite foods that I could never be asked to choose between pizza and funfetti birthday cake. Always, all day, every day, forever. What about funfetti cake on pizza? Is that too much? You know what? I'm going to say that's not enough. I love it. Yes. Never too much. I feel that pizza is also my favorite food. And in college, I thought 19 year old, maybe even 18 year old me was like, yes, if they're serving ice cream and pizza in the dining hall, I obviously need ice cream on my pizza. Need to have both. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Of course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Always. Poor choices. Poor choices. Yes. Poor All choices. Right. And then final question, maybe the most important. Coffee or cocktails? So coffee only because I'm more of a wine beer drinker than cocktails, but I do love wine and I do love beer. Okay. Totally fair. How do you drink your coffee then? Um, Just with some milk. That's it. Just with some milk, just real boring, but I like it that way and I'm fine with it. Ye old milk from a cow. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. I feel like yes. you have to ask now. You know, it's 2022. You, do. you really do. Yes. <laughs> if I'm doing a latte, I will do oat milk, I have to say. But if I'm just doing my everyday, then I just do a splash of good old cow's milk. 
Damn. So regular and I love it. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. Okay. So now that we know basically everything about you, including going to Australia, all the important things, realistically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I would love to know more about your journey as an RD. Like, what was the impetus you were like, dude, I need to be an RD? Yeah. Okay. So I actually never really had that moment of do okay. I need to be an RD, to be honest with you. So basically I, I actually went to school, uh, as I think a lot of us do, having no idea what we want to do with our lives. And so we start and I actually thought I wanted to be in the journalism writing world because I've actually always loved writing. I've always loved reading. I've always loved books and literature. And so I went to school for journalism my first year and sort of quickly realized that I didn't feel like I was necessarily in the right spot, but didn't know where that right spot necessarily was. And so after that first year, I actually applied to, at the time I was starting to sort of get into more of like the cooking food world. I don't know if necessarily it was the nutrition world. It was more just like (laughs) food stuff. And I was like, okay, so what, what type of a degree could I do? that involves that. And so that led me to either nutrition or nursing. I actually applied to, I applied to both. I did not get into nursing. And so I ended up in nutrition, which was interesting. And I think I had no idea what that really involved or what that career actually looked like. Um, I remember starting on my first day of school and I met uh, a friend and she was like, oh my gosh, like this is just going to be a crazy few years applying to the internship and becoming a dietet- dietitian, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, like I had no idea. What I had I no idea. <laughs> I was like, what did I sign up for? Like, what is this crazy world that I've entered? And so that was a really a bit of an eye opener for me, uh, but was also good too, because I was like, okay, cool. Cool. So this is something that I can actually like create a career off of um, or create a career out of rather. Um, And so I, yeah. And so I just sort of like just started in that world. I had a lot of, I will be hundred percent transparent and honest. I had so many different identity crises during that period of time where I was like, is this really the right thing? I don't want to work in a hospital, but like, didn't know what else there was out there. Um, I think that the programs have gotten a lot better in terms of exposing dietitians to just the diverse career paths they can take. But at the time it was really, really, really clinically focused. And it was like, Oh, hospital, long-term care. Like it was, it was just so specific. And I Mm -hmm. think if you didn't see yourself in those worlds, it was really hard to understand where you could be. So that was definitely tough. But anyway, so once I graduated, I decided to pursue a master's of public health just because I sort of knew that I didn't want to do anything super clinically focused. And so I went into a public health program. While I was there, I did a few internship placements in different settings. It's a little different in Canada, just in terms of the structure of everything. But essentially, when I finished, I uh, and it became a dietitian. I ended up working in the retail dietetics space for a little bit, um, which was great. And I think it was like an awesome uh, intro just to practicing dietetics because honestly, yeah. when you're working in a grocery store or a supermarket, whatever you call it, you're just asked all the questions all the time. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just so you have to learn a little bit about everything. And I feel yeah. like that was actually really 
helpful for me, but it was also a moment of some pretty serious imposter syndrome and like major self-doubt of being like, am I actually an expert? Like, do I even know what I'm talking about? Feeling like I hadn't actually learned anything. I knew how to do a tube feed, but I couldn't answer some basic questions. And I was like, what is going on? And so there was definitely a lot of that. There was a lot of like conflicting emotions during that time. Um, And I also quickly sort of realized that I felt like that one-on-one client care just wasn't really for me. And I was finding that I was really spending a lot of my time. I had started a food blog at the time, just like on the side. And I was spending all of my free time, like thinking about that. Right. And I was driving to work and I was listening to podcasts about blogging and about marketing and about business and websites. And I was like, so lit up by that. And so anyways, ended up making the pivot into food industry. I worked in food industry for a few years, which was amazing and really gave me some solid background and exposure in terms of just like how the world of marketing and food industry and food product works. Yeah. Uh, which was really awesome. And I loved that job. It was such a fantastic job. Question. And then start. Yeah, sure. So in the grocery world, the food industry world, do you feel like those jobs were more driven by like that passion for food that you had that initially brought you into the nutrition space? Totally. Not so much. Exactly. More the food piece, not so much the nutrition piece. It was like, and I was, it was funny. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day. She was asking me like a couple things about nutrition related stuff. And I was like, you know, I was like, to be honest with you, like, I don't learn about nutrition in my free time. Like (laughs) I'm not reading books about nutrition. (laughs) Like I would love to answer your questions, but I'm going to direct you somewhere else because yeah, yeah, I'm a dietitian, but now my identity is so much more in the like business marketing entrepreneurship space than it is in the nutrition space. So, um, yeah, so, so definitely more the, the food side of things was where I, what really lit me up. Yeah. And so anyway, started to kind of get the itch uh, that I wanted to do something on my own uh, as I was working in food industry. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, and so I feel like it was always something that was very much like accepted and just like a thing people did, which I was really lucky for, lucky to have, because I know that a lot of people are not in that situation. And entrepreneurship is thought of as like the, why would you ever do that? Um, (laughs) But that was not the the environment that I grew up in. So I was super lucky for that. And so anyway, so started to dabble a little bit in like the freelance dietetics world. So eventually uh, left my full-time job and I went all in on my business. I started off doing freelancing uh, full-time. And then eventually I started doing a little bit more of the like education for other dietitians around uh, business and entrepreneurial skills, because as you know, it's just such a major gap. We graduate with a skill set that we can turn into a business, but we have, we don't have the skills, nor do we have the confidence to be able to do it. So there's just this massive gap. And I had started my MBA at the time too. And so I was doing school and my business 
idea. Uh, and then about a year into it, not a year into it, probably six months into it, I so I had had this idea that was sort of floating around for a little bit, and it eventually is what became Dietitian Success Center, and it really came from this feeling and that challenge that I had mentioned earlier that I felt when I was a new dietitian and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I don't know anything. And that feeling of like, you know, I went to school for all these years. I still feel like a complete imposter. I feel like there's all these topics that they didn't cover in school that I know nothing about. You know, these new and emerging, really interesting topics that I just felt like I didn't know anything about. Things like, you know, digestive health and hormone health and just all of these questions I was getting all the time. And then uh, with that too, was spending ridiculous amounts of time every day, like creating client handouts and resources and knowing other people had probably done it, but it was like, where are all of these resources and all of these handouts? And where's my community of other dietitians who are feeling the same way as I am? Because I feel like there's got to be other people out there, but I just was like, where are these people? Yeah. Um, So that's what became Dietitian Success Center. And so Dietitian Success Center, for those who don't know, it's an online learning platform for dietitians. And the mission is to help make it easier for dietitians and dietetic students to build their confidence and their expertise in both nutrition topics and business. So that was a really long answer to your question. (laughs) That was perfect. I think you broke down all of the things and now we can kind of just like go back. Perfect. Absolutely. I love that the like that culinary was really your driving force in all of this and like yeah. really focusing on the food. Cause I have a similar, I guess, story in that way as well. Like I went to culinary school mm. and like my reason for getting into nutrition is just cause I was bored in culinary school to be completely mm. honest, not mm-hmm. because I'm super passionate about the micronutrients that you find in food. I also yeah. cannot tell you what micronutrients you find in yeah. <laughs> X, Y, and Z food. If you like lay it out in front of me, like that has totally. left my brain completely. So Absolutely. I can completely relate there. But I think that's what's cool about being an RD, right? Like we all have a very similar foundation that's relatable, but we can translate it to so many different capacities and not only help our clients, but also help each other in so many different ways. And I feel like that's kind of what it's morphed into, but we all have this common ground, the common struggle of our DPD and undergrad and internship that we can like, I guess, come around. So very, very cool. Yeah, you're so right. And I just, to that too, I think like, it's been really interesting to see. I I do think, I feel like from my own perception, just like looking out on the field of dietetics, I think it's changed so much just even in the last three to five years in terms of the diversity and career paths and the things, the awesome things that people are doing and like challenging what it means and what it looks like to be a dietitian and doing different things. It's just been super sweet to see. I would agree. I mean, even in my undergrad, like, I don't know if entrepreneurship was next, was necessarily like a topic of discussion, like you were saying, right? Like you were Mm -hmm. kind of forced into the clinical path. I think for us, we at least knew that like, you could cook for a sports team or like be a dietitian for a sports team because that was kind of something that was heavily mm-hmm. focused on just because of our culinary backgrounds and our undergrad. But mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, I don't think was ever talked about. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting coming from yeah. just like coming from the school that I came from. So I'm already seeing the change. Like with my first intern that I just recently like finished with, she got to yeah. choose like three to six weeks 
with an entrepreneur or literally wherever she wanted to spend it. And she ended up spending it with me, which is super cool. So but cool. I think like I didn't have that opportunity in my, in yeah. my dietetic internship, you know? So I'm, I think you're right. Like, I think it is changing maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because mm-hmm. our field is just being, like, is seeing the progression, like where we're going, that things are mm-hmm. becoming more virtual, but I'm happy that it's happening because I think it needs to happen. Yeah. Like, there's so much more space for us outside of the sniff long-term care and hospital clinical settings. Totally. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. So let's break down the dietitian success center. Like the success you've had with it thus far, no pun intended, but like, is that what you imagined for it? Like when you first started out, like what did it look like? And I guess over the last like two to three years, like it's, it's really taken shape and form. So what did that growth period look like for you and, and the business itself? Yeah, sure. Oh my gosh. It's just been such a cool journey. I, so, and I actually, funny enough as part of, so DSC just, I just celebrated the one year of DSC. That's awesome. Um, However, I did actually start the business or I started working on the business about six months prior to launching it. So it was yeah. quite the, it took a long time to get it up and running. I mean, I don't know, depends on what your definition is of long time, but I, I was full-time <laughs> entrepreneurship at this point. So, you know, it sort of, t- it took about six months to like really go from that idea to the actual real living product thing. Yeah. And at the time, because my business before was called the Dietitian Project. And so at the time I had the Dietitian Project podcast. And so for the one year anniversary, I sort of went back and I listened to, I had done a series of three podcast episodes that were just talking about, um, I did it. So I did it. I did these three podcast episodes for one in order to like educate and help people understand what DSC was and what it was going to be. Yeah. So it was very much like a marketing tactic, but then also just as like a, you know, here's the real life, what happens in building a business and just sort of what it, what it actually looks like, Yeah. which is always what I try and do. I want to give people that real life insiders perspective And so, yeah. And so I went back and listened to those. And so it's just really interesting to like see that and then to see what DSC is now. So I think looking at what DSC is now, I actually do feel like it is the vision that I had two years ago, almost two years ago, which is really cool. It is the vision for sure. I mean, of course, there's been so much trial and error within that. Um, which I knew there would be. I think some of the biggest things, if I'm thinking back, one of them is like the challenges that come with having a membership community is just such an interesting. And I had really wrestled with the idea when I first started the business around how I wanted to actually structure the business model of DSC, right? Like, was it just going to be, you know, a thing that people paid for annually? Was it going to be a thing people paid for monthly? Was it going to just be a one-time, like a core? what was like, what was the business model going to actually look like? And I eventually landed on membership because it just made the most sense for what I was doing. And I still believe that to be true. I'm so glad I did that. And I think it hundred percent made sense, but you know, there is so much that comes with having a membership that I don't think people recognize. There's the fact that, you know, a membership involves consistently showing up 
every single month and proving how valuable you are so that people keep paying for you. Because if you're not valuable enough, then they stop. And that's, you know, that's just how it goes. And so a membership is very much a long game. You grow one member at a time and it's just so, it really requires that very consistent, concerted effort and, and just that desire to always create the best experience and always create value for your audience. That's the most important thing. And just dealing with the, you know, emotional struggles of like people leaving, especially at the beginning. Now I don't care. I'm like, whatever. I know that this is just how it works, right? People join, people leave. It's how it goes. But at the very beginning, it just felt like such an emotional, Oh, it was like, oh, why like, don't you painful. love me? <laughs> yeah, it's just painful, right? Um, I remember those first two months of DSC after I had spent so much time and money on like building this business. And I was like, you know, those first few months are like, is this actually going to be a thing that works? And it's yeah. so stressful because you're like, is everyone going to leave after the first month? I don't know. They might. I have no idea. Yeah. I hope they don't. And they didn't, obviously, but it's just that I just remember very vividly that first few months feeling very stressful and very challenging. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I do feel like it's evolved into what I hoped that it would be. And I'm like super excited to see what it turns into in the future. I now have two people that work for me, um, which is amazing. And so that's that's been so cool just to like see even just the growth of like team as well. And um, we're setting up a booth at Fancy this year. I'm oh my super gosh. excited about that. I know. <laughs> I actually have not even announced that yet. So this is the first uh, the first time I'm talking about it. So um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so super Honored. excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So let's break this down then. So within within the membership. So I've also created membership platforms before and I understand like the ebb and flows of like the emotions behind it and like feeling like you need to provide value upon value yeah. upon value. And I think yes, a hundred percent. Right. Cause like that's what people are expecting in a membership. But I think yeah. also like people probably aren't going through the content as fast as we think they are. Right. They're mm-hmm. probably not devouring the content as quickly as we think they are. So like when we think they're going to fall off month two and like they've, they've yeah. gone through all the content, of course they're going to leave. Like, they're probably not. They, they probably yeah. still want to come back. And like, they're super fans of you, right? Like, that's why they're there. Yeah. So I feel like that's also yeah. really important to remember for like people who are in or creating membership-like settings. Like, yes, yes some people will leave, but honestly, most will stay because they want continued access to the amazing information that you're providing them. And my understanding is that like you bring in other experts too to like create the content. So like if something is out of your wheelhouse, like you were saying, like maybe those micronutrient topics aren't like your forte anymore, but you're like bringing in experts for that as well. Right. Totally. I don't do any of the nutrition content within DSC. Actually, I only do the entrepreneurship (laughs) content because I know, I know where my zone of genius is and that's in the business space. It's not in that. It's not in the nutrition space. So absolutely. I outsource the shit out of that. hundred <laughs> percent. Love it. And yeah, you're so right when it comes to the membership style and, and absolutely. I think that the difference 
difference with DSC and some other membership sites is that DSC is is more of a, I want it to be a library of resources that, you know, somebody doesn't work through the content in a sequential way necessarily. It's sort of a, if I have a client coming up with PCOS or if I have a client coming up with whatever and I need meal planning resources or I need tools to be able to educate and help, then I can use that sort of on demand. And so I think that that's been you know, for me, that's been the balance, right? Is trying to figure out how do we make sure we have like a nice robust library that has resources that appeals to a large group of people while not also not overwhelming because that's a big piece of it. That's the number one reason why people leave membership sites is because they feel overwhelmed. And so it's trying to, it's trying to find the balance absolutely between the two sides. So anyways, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know if I figured it out yet, but I think I've gotten a lot better at it for sure. I think it's an ongoing thing. Like yeah. we, we continuously learn and grow as entrepreneurs. So I feel like if you had it all figured out, you'd probably be bored Yes, to be completely totally, honest. Totally. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Also from the collaborative side of things, I love that you're bringing other professionals like within their niche into this to be able to talk about that right like in case you couldn't tell by the name of my podcast guys I'm all about (laughs) collaborating amongst RDs but like that's such a cool way to use other people's expertise yeah and to just highlight that and allow them to shine and and be the expert in that way and not feel like it's all on you yeah well that's the thing right is like it doesn't have to be all on you I think when we get I think you know it's like I love outsourcing stuff. I love leveraging other people's skills because honest to goodness, like Olivia, so Olivia is the content manager for DSC for the nutrition side. And she has such an incredible strength and background in more of the clinical nutrition world. And like, she does this stuff so much better than I do it myself. And so I love to see that. And it's just I love to be able to, to leverage that. Like, it's just, it's amazing. And so they always say like hire for your weaknesses. And I think it's true, right? Like collaborate in ways that allow you to create this amazing, well-rounded, incredible product. You don't have to be the jack of all trades. You can have your zone of genius. You can have your things that you love and you can find other people that have their own zones of genius that can bring, and we can just all bring that to the table, you know, <laughs> you know, stay on your soapbox. Yes, Preach. Right? I am, right? <laughs> I am here for all of that. I was literally yeah. thinking that as you were saying it. it. So yes, a hundred percent. And that's why you're here today yeah. well, there to you take go. the words out of my oh. head and say them for oh. me. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, while we're on the topic of collaboration, other than bringing amazing RDs, not only into your workspace, not only into the dietitian success center, how else do you like to collab with fellow RDs in what capacity? Yeah, I guess in a few different ways. Okay. So, well, first of all, I also have a podcast, the dietitian success podcast, which I love to have dietitian guests on, um, just to like chat, honestly, just to chat like we're doing right now, you know, chat about businesses and learn from each other because honestly learning from each other is just, there's no better learning experience. If you ask me for sure. Um, I think even too, over the last couple of years, I've sort of been dabbling in like working and collaborating with other dietitians who work in and for different 
like organizations. So like practice better or, you know, some of these organizations that we use a lot and there's dietitians working there or that clean life meal planning software, like finding those dietitians and actually figuring out ways that we can also collaborate and work together has been really cool. And I think I'm just sort of scratching the surface on that. I want to figure out better, more ways to be able to work with company really like meaningful useful companies and brands i mean i do work one-on-one with dietitians too to help them with their businesses i am also i love taking on students so i also precept a lot yeah i guess those are some of the biggest ways that i can think of those are outside the box Ooh, i love okay, that good. so okay, much good. i'm so glad yeah. i was like are these just like the same as everyone else but i'm those so thrilled to hear that they're outside the box thank you <laughs> love it sweet yeah that was great most people are just like reels yeah lives <laughs> that was baller okay good <laughs> yay <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to for then for you to put it out into the universe. Like, are there any specific RDs companies that like you want to connect with? Put that out into the universe. They hear this. They connect with you. We make some epic shit happen. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Manifest. Oh boo. man. Yeah. I. Okay. That's a great question. So I love Erica Juleson, um from the Unconventional RD. I don't know if you know her. Um, I haven't had a chance to connect with her yet. So big fan there. I think actually a number of the other RD sort of in the business or entrepreneurship space, I've had the chance to be able to connect with in some capacity, maybe not actually doing a podcast episode, but I, I want to do that eventually. Yeah. In terms of like brands and businesses and stuff, I, oh man, that's honestly such a good question. And I feel like I would, like, it's almost like I want to like think about, I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. Like that's totally fair. There's just so many. It's like, how do you even, how do you even choose? Right. Like, it's just, how do you even choose one, actually one brand. This is funny. I've just been thinking about this over the last few days. (laughs) Um, one brand that I've been like obsessed with over the last, and it's a food, food company. And I want to see about contacting them for, I think I could like for both, I want to explore a little bit more like podcast sponsorship and even like blog sponsorship and those sorts of things. Um, and so a brand that I'm loving lately is midday squares. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's just like a really small business, but they have like the coolest branding and the coolest brand story. And they do the most out of the box, amazing stuff when it comes to, um, marketing. And I just feel like they're just such a cool company. And so I'm putting yeah. that out there into the universe. Yes. Um, otherwise, oh gosh. Yeah. I don't even know. I want to, I would love to write for some like bigger dietitian publications perhaps. But I also think too, like the fancy thing is, is sort of my first dabble in the like outer world of dietitians it's gonna if that be huge. even makes sense it's you know it's like it's kind of a yeah. I wasn't gonna do it and then suddenly I was like no you know what Full we're send. doing it we are doing <laughs> it and so it's gonna be really fun uh, but who knows what's gonna come of that right it's like when you just put yourself Big out things. there who knows what's gonna come of that of it of it oh yeah um so yeah maybe I'll have a better for answer for you then I I'm waiting to hear it. I'm excited. Cool. You can invite me back Excellent. at that point and we can have a full episode <laughs> dedicated to this topic. <laughs> Excellent. Sweet. Who 
Krista ended up meeting. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, where can RDs find you? Where is the Dietitian Success Center? Tell them all the things. Sure, sounds good. Okay, so they can just head to dietitiansuccesscenter.com if they want to find out more about the Dietitian (laughs) Success Center. Uh, I have two awesome freebies on the site. As of the point that we're recording this, I think these will always be available. If anything, there will just be added freebies. If you go to the freebie tab when you get to my website, there's a a business planning workbook and then also a client resource kit with like five insane handouts that you can just use directly with your clients at dietitian success center on Instagram. Or if you want to like follow me personally, more personally from like a business where I just like talk about business stuff. Um, it's at Krista co.rd on Instagram dietitian success podcast. If you want to check that out, those are the biggest. Highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, those are the <laughs> biggest spots. Excellent. I love the consistency. Yeah. Dietitian Success Center everywhere. Right, everywhere. All the places. All the places <laughs> everywhere. All right, Krista. It has been a pleasure, and I knew it would be, but it's been, like, really awesome. Aww, thank you. It's been so awesome. Yeah, thanks for this hanging out. This has been so fun. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Those are some knowledge bombs being dropped. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I may or may not have fangirled super hard about talking to Krista, but I feel like it was a really fun conversation and showing her journey and the growth of DSC. Let's do a quick recap. One, if you're feeling certain struggles in the field, you're probably not alone. There are other dietitians who can benefit from the knowledge that you've gained. Share it. Two, have a membership. Remember to bring the value month after month. Three, You don't have to be the jack of all trades. You have your zone of genius and you can collab with other people who have their own zones of genius. Man, if that isn't something that I would say echoed into that space, like, I don't know what is. I feel like this was a really helpful episode, especially if you're struggling to figure out what your superpowers are, right? Lean into what lights you up. And I know that may not be as easy as it sounds just saying it, right? But that's why I do what I do with dietitians. And that's why I use human design as a tool to help dietitians explore what their superpowers are. Because it may not be as apparent because of what we've been taught or how we've told or how we've been told to confine ourselves into the typical RD mold, the typical RD box, whatever you want to call it. There's so much potential. Oh my gosh. There is so much potential out there for us as dietitians. If we just lean into what lights us up, there's more than enough space for all of us to shine. So if you want to start exploring your superpowers, one, I have a Unleash Your Superpowers um, masterclass, and that is available on my site at all times. I will put that in the show notes as well. But if you want to be in a community where you can explore your superpowers a little bit more, in the new year, I'll be starting another Voxer community chat and be very high level. Go over your human design so that you can start implementing it and start seeing some changes in your business that reflect you a little bit more. But that's really the reason that I use this as a tool. And I've found that like when people actually lean into it, actually embrace their design, and go into it wholeheartedly, that's when they're seeing these epic changes and they're feeling less stressed out about launches. They're feeling less stressed about all of the things that they should be doing and they can focus on the things that really light them up. 
with less guilt or even without guilt. And it's really magical when all of that happens. So if you want to explore a round table with me, shoot me a day, shoot me a DM on Instagram and that'll probably be the best place to hop into a chat. Or if you're like, oh my God, yes, give me all of the details about a round table. Then I will also put that link in the show notes so that you can explore what the round tables have to offer. And if that would be a good fit for you in exploring your human design, I know that for me, leaning into my human design means that I don't like to put an excessive amount of pressure on myself to have roundtables every quarter or every month. And really when, when it comes, or rather when people come to me saying that they want to be part of this space and I have a handful of people who are ready to be part of this space, then that's the right place, right time. Those are the people that need to meet, that need to be in this space and experience this at the same time. So that's me leaning into my design. And it was a scary moment, I think, initially in the business to be able to do that. But once I was able to and release some of the scarcity and the scaries around all of that, those have been some of the best groups that have been put together. Like not having to force it and allowing it to come together naturally has been really magical to see. And those are some of the biggest, I guess, I don't want to say transformations because that's not really what I'm here for, right? Like I'm here to help you gain more confidence. Sure. Let's call that a transformation. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some of the biggest impact I've seen when it's right place, right time. So let me know if you want to be a part of a roundtable going forward and I will set you up with a really cool group of people who are ready to make that change, make those impacts, learn how to make decisions that feel really good for them. And they're all ready to do that right now. So let me know if that feels aligned and yeah, we'll start a round table. Alrighty guys, until next week, when we'll be chatting with one of my favorite humans, Jess Sertikoff-Ramola. She's a registered dietitian and we are going to dive into a pretty fun conversation as well. So see you then. Ciao.